Welcome everyone to another episode of Retro Encounter. This is episode 7-2 where we talk about the middle portion of Deus Ex Human Revolution. As always, I'm your host Josh Curry. With me is Mike Solosi. Hey, I'm Mike Solosi, Monsoon on the forums, and I was sick for the past couple days, so if I seem lethargic, then that's my excuse. Caitlin Ardros. Thank you, Zara, on the boards. Good job, Josh. Thanks. Yeah. And Brett Woolley. Axtoots on the boards, and I haunt your dreams. That's not terrifying at all. Hey, the rest of us sounded normal. You sound kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm okay with this Story of my life. Yeah, the image on your Skype avatar looks like you're trying to haunt our dreams, or stare into our souls. It's just staring into my soul. Right on. But, we're not here to talk about souls, or creepiness, or maybe we are, I don't know. But let's let's get back to Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uh, how's everybody feeling about it? Don't all talk no, at once. I'm still having a great time. <laughs> There wasn't a 1v1 boss fight in Hangsha, which I approve of wholeheartedly, because I, I I still am having nightmares, not of Brett's avatar, but of that stupid fight against Barrett. Yeah, I, I didn't get as far as I should have this episode. I got, I'm got i right at the beginning of Montreal, and uh, all this stuff in, in Hangsha, but I know we're supposed to go further. Oh. Ah, see, we don't get to hear your reaction to the boss fight No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. You can Montreal. spoil stuff. I don't mind that. I, I know there's going to be more. Yeah, that was really... There's going to be more boss fights soon. I think that's all all of us wanted to hear was how you <laughs> oh. did with the boss fight. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I think we just call the podcast here. We'll come back in a day, two days. How, how long do you need to get through this? Uh, oh, okay, if there's a boss fight at the end of Montreal, I don't know how the, long re the rest of Montreal is, but it, it might take me 24 <laughs> hours to finish it and then 24 hours to emotionally recover from it. So, so yeah, just give me a solid forty-eight. Episode seven, two point five. I'm not sure if you saw this, Mike, but uh, on the Retro Encounter podcast thread that is on RPGFan.com, Anubis posted that a huge tip for anyone oh, yeah. afraid of the bosses is to get the Typhoon enhancement. Did you? Right, I uh, I did, I did that I'm from the uh, the Hangsha quest. Is it Hangsha or Hangsha? Hangsha. Hangsha. Okay, my bad. They pronounce uh, it from, weird differently when you're in Hangsha too, like depending yeah. on the accent. And the, and the yeah, and the, there's different accents. Like the British people, the American people, and the Chinese people all pronounce it differently. So in all I've, fairness, that's kind of realistic, right? Uh, okay, yeah. so I guess we're all right and wrong at the same time, I suppose. So in I'm gonna say Hangsha. In Hangsha, <laughs> I made it. I made it a priority to upgrade the uh, that explodey bomb missiles everywhere thing what's that called again typhoon yeah the yeah i i maxed out my typhoon stuff and i used it to uh to wipe out the dragon lady's security guards at and in, in her penthouse suite all at once which was very satisfying yeah i ended up getting it as well because i figured why not i'm destroying everybody else i might as well have more destruction mm. and that does some work yeah it 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 clears out the waves um it's very and overpowered. I, uh, yeah, in a I'm wonderful very, way. I, and the rest of the game, I'm pretty much only using pistol pistols, but, you know... Like in a game-breaking way. You can literally it, just run up to bosses, and you can't be hit when the animation plays. So literally, just have a full bunch of batteries and just spam it, and you can kill things very, very quickly. Yeah, it's basically an FU button on yeah. F2. <laughs> The F two the the F two button is the F U button. And the I, <laughs> I I can't wait. 
yeah, I can't wait to uh, <laughs> work out some of my frustration uh, on the next set of bosses, but I'll, uh, I'll double down and have the game finished by the time we record again. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with the game. I, I've softened a little bit. Um, I was much more excited during the first one. As the kind of enemies, I guess, have become a little bit more difficult, I know I'm going through it, I'm being super aggressive, and I, I understand it's not a shooter. I wish it was less of a shooter, but uh, whatever. Keep... So it's one of those things, it tries to be a shooter, but it's not a shooter. Uh, we kind of talked about this on the first podcast, about at least it's not doing those stupid roles, and you're not dealing with that. But the the quality of the controls, as the game gets a little bit more difficult, it starts to show that it's not really supposed to be a shooter i guess or they don't have the history of that um yeah i i i get what you mean um the game the basics of game design in deus ex are spinning a lot of different plates because it has these rpg elements it has these shooter elements it has these stealth elements it has uh you know mini games associated with hacking and these dialogue puzzles that you uh can either logic out on your own or or sort of cheat with the uh, social enhancer augment but uh it, it, it almost can't determine what kind of game it is and seems to and when allows players to play it have want but as a result i don't think it's fully uh living up to its potential as a self stealth game or living up to its potential as a shooter because it has all these other all these other uh you know gameplay modes and approaches that it has to respect so I, I wish it was more of an RPG. My Overwhelmingly, my favorite parts of the game are the stuff in Detroit and Hangsha and less the, you know, infiltrating facilities. So I, I wish the game was more of an open-world RPG in this cyberpunk setting when when really it, and it also has to try and be a stealth game and a shooter. It's, uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it almost tries to, again, spin too many plates at once. I don't know how you would make it more of an RPG, though, and still have those elements, I mean... Just, I mean, uh, just make the, uh, uh, just make the infiltration and shooting and stealth segments shorter and give you, give, and have more stuff to do in the open world areas, but that, that was if I was, you know, designing my ideal Deus Ex game, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm in the minority. Uh, I'm not sure you're necessarily in a minority, but I, so part of the reason I like this game is because there is shooting in it. (laughs) Of course you do. <laughs> um, it's so... I respect what they're trying to do. I, I fully, fully respect it. Um, and it's one of those things, this game... I, I think this game will not... I will not enjoy this game as much as I want to. But it makes me incredibly excited for Mankind and Divided. Which... Um, so sad. I have to say, I was quite disappointed to hear that it's been delayed by six months, so... Right, yeah. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer for it. So, maybe it's just... February to August of next year. Maybe I'm just getting old, so I I just... My my tracking of time's not there. Like, I I feel too busy all the time. But I'm I'm happy it's being delayed. I've fully gone aside now that if a game's not ready, I don't want it coming out. And there's always, like, that classic quote that, like... You're only upset for a game being delayed for a short period of time, but like whatever. Like when the game comes out, it's perfect forever. But if they like rush it out now, it's a bad game forever. And I, I know I've butchered that quote. Um, okay, but yeah, I'm not sure what that classic quote was. Was it, it's it's an it's an Nintendo it's an Nintendo quote. Okay, sure. Um, but it, I like I I'm all for it. like 
a perfect example of this the last of us was delayed like two months at the very very end and they like night dog has gone on record and said this game would have been crap if we had shipped it when it was supposed to, it was supposed to go out and now like i consider that one of the best games ever yeah, I mean, mo most of the time, if a game is delayed like that, it's for a good reason. And uh, if a game gets rushed out too much, then you get disasters like, uh, oh, like Assassin's Arkham Creed Syndicate Knight. last year, or Arkham Knight, or even uh, uh, Dragon Age this Two. This year, you mean? Hmm? Syndicate no. came out this year. Oh, I'm, yeah, out. I'm sorry. I'm. You're right. I meant. You I mean meant Unity? I meant. Unity, which was a total mess. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, there's too many Assassin's Creed. Here. Games, I can't keep there is. I, I got the quote. It's from Miyamoto. A delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. Yeah. Th that that, was that's much more <laughs> and much more impactful than that word salad that you tried to pass as a Nintendo quote. And that is why Thanks he makes a lot more money than I do. Word yeah, because he can quote better than you. That's what... That's exactly why. I'm sorry. I won't be on the next course, podcast. Back in the day, we're on it. Oh, okay. Wow, you got we got how much you're paying him because he makes so much more than you do. No, it's just <laughs> this podcast, podcast is so exciting. He he he's been actually asking. I've been trying to push him off, but we'll we'll let him come on. All right. Well, I mean, regardless, I do agree with you, Josh. If a game is delayed, it's usually for the best. Yeah, there is so much here. There there's different there's different layers. They have the multiple paths. There is an open world, which I'm guessing the, uh, Mankind is going to be a much more vibrant open world. Where we were complaining last episode that it kind of feels empty. I'm sure that's going to be resolved. But then to have the different types of playthroughs, be able to have a full fleshed out game for each of those, that seems like an absolute nightmare to, to pull off. And um, also that they'd be developing for relatively new tech. Yes. Because Human Revolution, which we're playing now... The uh, 360 and PS3 had been out for four or five years at least uh, when by the time it came out. But uh, Mankind Divided is going out on the X-Bone and PS4, which you know are only a few years old. New technology, new uh, system architecture. I'm sure there's many, many more technical issues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I don't know. PS3 yeah, was supposed to be notoriously hard to program for... Sure, but I mean, I thought still, PS4 PS... was supposed to be easier. But... It, it's... Still, I mean, the, the PS3 was out for five years when Human Revolution. No, yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I get it. The, the bigger thing is, though, you have so much more that you can do with it, so it becomes much more complex. And then when you're putting at a higher fidelity for the graphics, it takes more art and effort on that regard as well. Right. And, and when you make a real open world, you actually have to try to play test all that. I don't mean to suggest that I want them to rush it. I agree with you. I think let them finish the game, let them you know do it the right way. Uh, it's just you know everyone has the initial sort of ah like you know I was I was really looking forward to February. Not that I'm not looking forward to February because we still have um, Fire Emblem Fates coming out, but um, yeah, we do. A little bit. 2016 is so loaded for can RPGs. We, can we do a small sidebar for this, like? Fire Emblem, am I supposed to buy the special edition so it comes with three games? Like, what? what is what is that? Um, it, do you remember when Legend of Zelda did the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's it's two separate games that eventually came together and had, like, the same final act, right? Fire Emblem Fates is two separate games, but then there's a third chapter that sort of unites the two storylines. And that chapter is going to be DLC if you buy just one of the games. 
But if you get the special edition, you get all three at once. It is weird. Oh, that's a mess. But well, yes, but right. it's um, but it looks really good. I'm really pumped for Fates. You can get. <laughs> you don't have to buy the special edition to get all three. You can still get all three without it, but you can get yes. the third chapter, the third playthrough. It's they're supposed to be. That's supposed to be a separate entire game or you know route. Um, but you can get it like what three weeks earlier. If you buy a special edition, and price-wise, you might as well. If you want to get all three, you might as well buy the special edition if you can, because you get goodies for essentially what we're assuming is going to be the same price. Because I can't imagine that they're going to price Revelations less than they're pricing whichever route you don't buy when you buy the yeah I, cartridge. Uh, just yeah, the special edition is, uh, I think it's 80 Yeah. Which basically co costs as much as uh, buying the first two chapters separately. And then so buying as long the as one, the Revelations... Yeah, yeah if, the, if the DLC chapter costs more than $0, then you are saving money and getting the special edition. Fair enough. No, it, it's the same. If hmm? the base game costs $40 <laughs> and it yeah. costs $20 to buy... The other route that you don't get, assuming oh, okay. that Revelations oh, oh, also oh, I, costs I, I was twenty dollars. Buying them two separately, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, Brett, I know you've been playing very stealthily. Yeah, let's get back to the <laughs> set, shall we? Back to the game that we were actually supposed to be talking about. What are your thoughts on what Mike was saying about it not being? Uh, you can correct me if I misquote you on this, Mike. You're, you're kind of saying that the, the stealth is lacking. Um. So. Yeah, okay, basically, sure. As a player that's playing the entire game in stealth mode, what are your kind of thoughts on that? I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with the stealth. Um, I, especially when I'm, I'm still operating in, in such a fashion to where I have to exert a very particular amount of caution when I haven't used a lot of the uh, up augmentations that help me with being more stealth. Uh, of course, at, at the beginning, I didn't get cloak. I've just been making sure to stay out of line of sight. And then you have to take in consideration if you if you crouch and walk as opposed to run. You know, I've, I've there's a lot of little barriers that you have, and, and I've appreciated them. And it made me appreciate getting those augmentations where when you're able to to move and walk with it without triggering any sound or when you can use cloaking to reposition yourself a certain way. I honestly haven't had any problems. But my thing is when I play games, any of the minor gripes that I have, I kind of sweep them to the side. I'm more of an optimist whenever it comes to going through and, and playing something. If there are a lot of elements that I enjoy, if there are some games that have very like scathing or very visible game play, uh, non functionalities, I guess I could say, that then they, they kind of get me to a some some games I'll completely quit and I'll never pick up again because I'm completely turned off to them. But that's not the case with Deus Ex so far. I've been I've been satisfied with, with the challenges of trying to stay out of sight and try to land ghosts on those missions. Yeah, that just sounds terrible to me. <laughs> well, that's why it's good that there are different options because you know, you wanna play it like a shooter and you can. Brett and I want to play it more like a stealth game, and we can, and there are, are, unfortunately you can't, like, conversation tree your way through 
like the FEMA facility or Tai Young Medical. That's what I. That's the game. That's I what want. Mike would want, right? I want to be able to talk my way through the Tai Young Medical facility. Yeah, sadly <laughs> you can't. But talking and hacking for the whole game. Not all of it, anyway. But um, maybe there aren't as many opportunities in Deus Ex to talk your way out of stuff. Like it's not quite on the same level of like a game like the Mass Effect series, where there were a lot Chur-chur. of areas yeah. where you could. Uh, charm your way out of something and if you didn't you'd have to fight and it would be like a a standard encounter and you could talk your way out of a lot of stuff so maybe they didn't quite go as far as maybe you would have liked in that respect and i can i can understand that maybe there they could have found some more avenues to let you uh talk your way out it could have been cool if you could have talked your way out of some of the boss fights for instance Right, and that's I think the the best example of that ever is Witcher Two. Avoid basically the entire end game boss by having a little conversation. Right. Oh man, I I shouldn't talk about The Witcher on this podcast. Uh, I I really have issues with The Witcher One and Two and haven't played Three. But it, in general, I should probably say that that opinion where I said it was not good enough as a shooter or as a stealth game or as an RPG. That's definitely co- colored by my own tastes and preferences. I don't favor many stealth games or shooting games. This this game is out of my wheelhouse. I'm sure I said that on the last podcast. As a result, uh, I, I'm whenever I do stealth stuff, it's like, well, I, I know I've played better games that do stealth better than this. And when I have you know shooting segments, it's like, well, I've, I've played a lot of shooting games that that feel better than this. So I'm I think that as a re- my feeling was. Because it's trying to give so many options and satisfy so many different types of players, it's not maximizing the potential of of any one of those paths. And I, it, Caitlin and Brett prefer to play it like a stealth game. Josh prefers to play it like a shooter. I wish it was more like an RPG. And I mean, it, it's amazing that we can have that we can play the same game three totally separate ways, and it's it's right. really fascinating. And a lot of people appreciate that freedom, but I I would have way less shooting itself because that's the kind of gamer that I am. Yeah, I, <clears throat> so I I enjoy stealth games, but I know I'm going to say this and everybody's like, oh, that's not a stealth game. But I I I enjoy Metal Gear Solid, which we, I think we've talked about before on this podcast. And I will actually play that stealthily. I've at times enjoyed large portions of Splinter Cell, which I think is more I'll admit there's a better stealth oriented game, not a better game, but a better stealth game um, but at the end of the day I almost feel like stealth a lot of times does not do a good job translating to 3D I think if you put stealth in a 2D plane a lot of the sightline issues that you have uh, cone of vision and whatnot, those disappear and I, I would argue that probably the best stealth game in my mind of all time would be uh, Mark of the Ninja. Well, I, I think Deus Ex gets a little bit more Mark of the Ninja E if you uh, if you invest in some of those uh, stealth augments that that because you can see line of sight and cone of vision better right. uh, uh, with yeah. some of those. And and Mark of the Ninja is a really good game. I I enjoy that game a lot, but it's, it's not really how I've been playing Deus Ex. I always try to stealth for a while and then give up when I fail over and over. <laughs> And that's not a very satisfying gameplay loop to me. The Salosi run. Yep, where you, you stumble around like Mr. Bean and until everyone's dead somehow. 
Well, yeah, but there's a certain amount to be said for the flexibility of the game that if you fail in stealth, it's not game over. You have other yeah. op- avenues that options is, uh, available yes, to you. That is true. It's not just you, it's not just a like Metal Gear Solid whoop and then it's over. It's you you still can sort of get out of that cluster F. Yeah, oh, like I I don't usually find in Metal Gear Solid games if I mess up my stealth. Uh, well, okay, o- the older games, especially the one you know before they got their camera uh, working properly. Um, with the traditional top-down view where you had to go into first person and stop to shoot people. It was never fun if I got spotted because suddenly it's a very awkward experience trying to shoot things. I mean, you do it, but it doesn't work super well because of the way the shooting mechanic and the camera works in the older games. It's not much I, I, haven't, I have not played any of the recent Metal Gear Solid games. Well, the recent ones that they've kind of, you know, there's no more top-down camera. Yeah. You can you can move while you're aiming, which was the real, for me, big problem with the older ones. But my point is, I never liked getting into firefights in Metal Gear Solid. So to me, when I failed my stealth, it was like, oh, that's a failure, and I, I, I kind of wanted to start over again and be like, you know, not fail. But here, if I mess up my stealth, I feel like I have the tools and, and the freedom in the way the, the game works to say, okay, well, I guess I'm sh- I guess I'm killing everybody, so let's let's go pew pew pew. <laughs> so. Hopefully, your gun sounds better than that. I don't know the uh, I would, silence. I would make silence sounds pretty <laughs> wimpy. So see, but that's I actually I, so I got all the silence silence options. And I chose not to include them <laughs> because. <laughs> Because well, yeah, you're like the anti-stealth. Yeah, I, I want, I, I, I like walk into a room, quickly like figure out sight lines, where I can gate people and whatnot, and then I will shoot somebody in the head, makes a bunch of ruckus, and everybody will run and just funnel up, and it'll just knock them down one at a time. So you play this game like you're Keanu Reeves in the last 45 minutes of The Matrix, trying to bust Morpheus out of that hotel. I like to think of it as ski shooting, actually. Skeet shooting? Yeah, I just say pull, and they just shoot a bunch of clay pigeons. And just... Oh, I had this Go wonderful on. okay. experience in Montreal. I tipped off, tipped them off, and they were hostile. And so I retreated into a bathroom where there's a vent, and they all followed me one by one and just stood in front of the vent trying to shoot me. And I, one by one, uh, tranked them in the legs, and they all eventually <laughs> fell over. And then I was I wound up with a bathroom full of sleeping bad guys. It was awesome. I had something like that, but they were all dead. <laughs> and then it was really annoying because they all laid on top of their guns, and they all laid on top of each other. So I had to slowly move each person so I could collect all their stuff. Death orgy. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was uh, in the last segment of Hangsha, in the part of the building where there's civilians walking around, and you have to get, uh, you have to steal someone's card from the security office and then uh, and th- and make your way to the penthouse, I, I knocked out a guard that was near the... Uh, that was near the building I want the room I wanted to hack into and then hit him in the room across the hall and that kept happening I kept running into guards while I was trying to hack the terminal and I kept knocking them out one by one and just piling them on top of each other <laughs> in in this in this other room 
And so then one of the civilian characters, a, a, a scientist or something, walks into this room, and there's just these four unconscious guards piled on, onto each other with their guns laying at their feet. And she <laughs> screamed and so, sounded the alarm, then I had to shoot my way out of the entire building. See, it was. Uh, you should have killed her before she could have screamed. No, I didn't want to kill a civilian. You know, maybe there isn't a penalty for killing civilians. I'm not doing a pacifist run, but it's whatever it did not go as planned and but and i decided to just keep playing instead of reset because i had already reset that segment a couple times so yeah that's how too much of the game is going for me <laughs> well so speaking of um Hengsha, what do we how do we feel about Hengsha as a city hub compared to detroit i wish the apartments were easier to find but i i really like it as a city to explore i think it's cool yeah, I like yeah, the. I like uh, oh, go ahead, Brett. Elevation. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's very vertical. Mm-hmm. I like the verticality because Detroit has a little bit of it, but it's it's like you can't really run the streets in Detroit on the rooftops. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, I figured out how to run. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. How you last time? You said yeah, there was a good. running option, and then I forgot. By the time yeah, I played they... again, oh, and, right. and then I started getting really mad about my slow s- stroll that I do everywhere, and so I started pushing all these buttons, and I threw like five grenades, and I <laughs> shot some random person, and then eventually I ran. It, it yeah, was a oh, good God. time. I, I mean, I'm, so I'm playing on a. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm playing on a keyboard, and the grenade button is G, and the holster your weapon button is H. So it's happened multiple times it, when I'm just in a Sydney street or something and I want to put away my stun gun, I accidentally throw a grenade into a crowd. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, again, again, I'm I'm the clumsiest Adam Jensen possible. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Caitlin. Um, in Detroit, the verticality was mostly just like within the apartment buildings. You would you know run up a fire escape and then go into a fifth floor window and then work your way down. But for this, you can go between the roofs rooftops between all these causeways like it feels like the entire city is four floors and it's it again it makes it really i had a real hell of a time trying to find one of the apartments for the side quest because yeah no, I, I just kept yeah I, I kept trying to go up the wrong side of the apartment building or something i don't i don't know what i was doing wrong but i really like how big and vertical hungsha feels and it's also it's uh you know, I mean, I mean, because it's in China instead of an American city, it feels more foreign and exotic to me, which I, which I thought it was cool. It's, yeah, Hangzhou's great. I also think it gives it a sense of authenticity. Um, you look at our cities now already, and we've already had to build up because we can't go out anymore. Um, and this is supposed to be in the future. I, I don't remember how far, but it's, it's, it's in the future. They're, they're putting robotics on people. Um, and so at that point, it's like all these seas are going to be bigger. They they have to go up. So to have like a sprawling, like low hanging city, it doesn't make sense. So I I enjoyed that part of it. It it felt like yeah, I could see this being a futuristic city. Well, you also have, you had the Pangu uh, towering over you when you're in Lower Hengsha, and that's um, a really impressive. I mean, Detroit was really cool too, but I feel like. You go to Hengsha and you've got this gigantic thing over your head, blocking out most of the sunlight. Like, yeah, I, I didn't even realize when I first played the game for a good chunk of Hengsha that it was actually daytime 
because you can barely yeah, see no, any sunshine. It's basically like Midgar in FF7. I was yeah. about to say that. Yeah, you have these plates that are um, that are shading the entire city. Um, and I still, I know we made we talked about this last episode, but I still wish there were waypoints that I could fast travel between, even if it was just say two or three of them on different corners of the city. But uh, it, yeah, Hangzhou is a cool environment to explore. Uh, I really, and I have to say, the the side quests in each of the city environments, they're uh, ultimately they're a little rote. It's like, oh, go here, deal with this person, do X or Y, and then go back to the quest giver. But I, I think they're really well designed. Like the dialogue's good. It it they feel fun and satisfying to complete. I, I wanted more side quests in Hunksha after I finished the four or five or however many there are. I was about to say, Mike, you, you wanted to be more of an RPG. I do, what, yeah. What more than, than fetch quests? Yeah, just give me fetch quests and dialogue puzzles and fetch more prostitutes up. more pres- prostitutes to rescue. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. what are you originally into that sentence with just more, more, pros- prostitute. more prostitutes? <laughs> Look, look, look this city has More one prostitute. brothel. This, how would Hangsha be if you had three brothels? It's like, really? Now we're talking Game of the Year material. So, R- yeah, I... RPG, <laughs> Rescue Prostitutes game. Ooh. Oh, no, 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 no. Mike's interested. Huh. Go on. All right. <laughs> I'm thinking of quitting my job to work on this million-dollar idea. Let's get the Kickstarter going. <laughs> RPG, Rescue Prostitutes game. Uh, anyway... Um, yeah, I mean, sure, it plays into how I, the, the parts I like best about Deus Ex, but, uh, I, I really like the city environments and the side quests in each of them. And, oh, and how great was it when you help out, Ma- when you help Malik, uh, yes. uh, yeah, out that asshole for, um, for murdering his, her friend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that quest. That I like that. I love Malik, so I loved helping her, and that Malik's was a really awesome. quest. I'm going to be very upset if she dies at, over the course of this game. Um, that's a oh, okay. All right. I'm, Was I'm, that crickets I'm, that I just heard? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, now, okay, I'm reading between the lines here. Is there a way that I can save her? Yes. Okay, all right. I, I am going to reset until that happens. I would say, in all fairness, though, do you think you can actually pull that off? I just you did. Know? I have oh, a oh, you mean food. Ken? Ken Mike. I pull it off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think everybody else can, but Ken Mike. Sure. We have all these A players here. How about the C minus player? Get What's well, going to happen is you're going to save her, and you're going to turn around and just shoot her. I'll just say I, this. Slower up. Yeah, I'm going to accidentally hit G instead of R to talk to her, instead of E to talk to her, and then I'll, you know, toss a grenade at her. Just, I'll just say this. Don't even try to stealth it. Don't even try. And I guess, Brett, for you trying to do a pacifist approach, it, don't. I, I, I'm not even sure if you can stealthily. I did. You did? Every, no one did. Awesome. That, but that must have been, you, you had to book it to do that because... I restarted five times. Uh, <laughs> yep, there's that, yeah. I've lost hair. I, just, I think I have to restart five times just to walk from like the hotel to the limb clinic. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even shooting video games. It's all the all those prostitutes. They just don't like you, right? Well, it's just the one prostitute. But I wish there were more prostitutes to not like me in this game. Obviously, as we suppressing thought. 
He's got to worry about his prostitute reputation points. I have oh, to say, though, like... RPG, RPG definitely would have a prostitute reputation point. Prostitute number yeah, one will remember this. There are there are a lot of prostitutes in this game, like, in the, in the two hub worlds. There's a lot of them in Detroit, and you have a whole hotel... Oh, in, I, I know. In Hangsha, and it's just kind of like, I mean... In all fairness, I'm from Detroit. That That's not very far from the normal realm. Okay, yeah, I mean, that that's like, on the one, I was going to say, on the one hand, of, there are prostitutes in real life, and that's the thing that happens, but it's just kind of like, there's a lot of them, like, compared prostitutes versus non-prostitutes in this game, it's a fairly big or not big ratio. Well, and that's the thing is there's just not a lot of characters in the world. So then it's like prostitute, prostitute, gang member, gang member, prostitute. Oh, you're a normal person. Wow. Yeah, we're like Top. surprised <laughs> when we have normal people who aren't Top undercover as prostitutes. Person. Yeah. It's just, it's not filled out with anything other than that. It's like, all right, well, sure. Okay. All this thing is a prostitute posing as a cop. Okay. Oh, there is that one. Ooh. Yeah, that one side quest. No, other way around. There's a cop the posing. Cop, a I, yeah. Well, I was... yeah, but that, that's how vice departments work. But it, how do I'm you know? A... How do you know she's not I've... really a prostitute who just got a job as a cop for giggles? I don't know. <laughs> I well, I I did not mean to prejudge this prostitute cop, this hypothetical prostitute cop, and I, I swear I did not mean for this conversation to turn to prostitutes for so long. But yeah, um, yeah, okay, prostitute, copstitute. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, moving on. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, so how about RPG Eliza? Hey, quest. that's that's a person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Ayer. My... Mike's not there yet, but we're no, gonna, the, no, gonna... she's the she's the news lady, right? I've been listening to all the audio stuff. Well. There's she's more than that. Lady. We're gonna we're gonna have to spoil you if we're gonna talk about her. Sure. Oh, l let me guess. She's a, a um. People don't realize she's a robot, but she's actually like super augmented, or something. Close. Or, like, a Kinda. You're actually. Close. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well done. So so all right. What, what's the real answer? How how close was I? She is an artificial intelligence. That oh, okay. is being used by some sort of secretive group to spin the news in a way that favors them, which explains when you go through Picus and you actually this is I love this part of the game when you're going through and you're looking at um, all the, the emails on the computer and you're seeing how yeah. Picus's directive is not to tell the news. It's to tell the news in a way that benefits their clients is what they call them. And you well, see that's, people that's getting exactly like news in 2015. Yeah, I was gonna say that's, that's yeah. Not... Well, yeah. because we're all cynical, you know, about it. I mean, that's not what the news is not supposed to be like that, but we it it often does get you know utilized. But this is, this is even more so. I'd say this is worse. I mean, this is not a news organization that's trying to pretend that it's being uh, impartial and unbiased. They are straight out saying. We are biased in favor of whatever our clients want us to say, and I, I thought that was really interesting considering. Um, yeah, sounds fair and balanced to me. Well, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the uh, the, um, the uh, commentary in the director's cut version, but uh, they specifically mentioned at one point they talk about the name Picus is a Greek god or demigod uh, of manure. 
So you are literally talking about a news organization that is literally spinning bullshit. I thought that was, I love that. I just love that so much. There's one of those emails where one of the uh, producers was sending a communication to, uh, I guess, an editor or someone else, where they're like talking about how they should edit the interview with David Seraph. And uh, I don't know if it was that one or another one where they were trying to say, so what should I go with? Should I go with uh, uh, drug-addled racist tirade or should I go with something else? Yeah, it's, I mean, when you're totally without scruples, you can twist numbers and, and words to to any connotation you want. I've <laughs> I've actually had been assigned textbooks with that thesis statement, basically. But yeah, that sounds really interesting to me. I really like just reading emails and memos and stuff in general when I'm making my way through a facility in this game. So hearing this ultra-cynical take on news organizations sounds just delightful. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right at the beginning of the uh, Montreal Picus segment, which I, I know I said earlier, but... So I'll probably do that tomorrow. Well, it's it's also interesting too because, uh, well, you may have already uh, realized this, but you pretty much all of the news that you are exposed to in the game is from Picus. Like, yeah, Eliza's reports and the newspaper is also Picus. And uh, obviously, I mean, like, I'm not sure that we're meant to say that Picus is the only news organization, but it certainly seems like within the it's game the itself. One. Yeah. It's not just like it's not just the characters that are relying on it, but you, the player, are totally reliant on Picus, and to then learn that Picus is not, you know, impartial, that they have an agenda that, or they have, they're pushing the agenda of some other group, makes you kind of question everything that you've been seeing, reading, or hearing uh, in the game, you know, from right. the news, which was again cynical kind of a nice commentary on real world news organizations and how much should we actually trust what they're reporting and whatnot it it kind of makes sense though if you if you look at some of the stuff that seraph has said he he basically like implies that he will make a call and fix this and so like i i kind of took that as he was like he's there's a way for wealthy people like that to be able to make the news what they want it to be. And so that, yeah. that actually didn't come across as that surprising for me when that, that was kind of like announced. Well, remember what Eliza says at the end of Montreal, everybody lies. She's not kidding. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so on, I'm not sure if Mike's got into this either. Let's talk about the other Big part. What about Faraday? I have not gotten Burrito? this part. Fair. What? Faraday. F a r i d a h. Faraday. 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 What? Farida. Isn't isn't that Malik's first name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Farida. She's Faraday is a city in Louisiana. So good on you. Yeah, and he's also a legendary physicist. He's also in Lost. That one. Okay. Because they named him after the physicist. Sure. Okay. All right. We can anyway. keep talking about Lost if he has one. No, let's. let's I'd talk rather about... talk about Mike. I'd rather talk about Michael Faraday than Lost. Oh, Michael Faraday is the person in Lost. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> oh, no. let's keep talking about Deus Ex. So, right, this physicist character, uh, Malik. <laughs> <laughs> She's a physicist. Uh, 
flying jets is physicist. just her day job. Yeah, they, a fi- our physicist pilot who only owns one set of clothes. Uh, I guess there's a rescue mission or something, or a, a protection mission that you can fail. Is um, what I'm gathering. So when you arrive at Hangshaw the second time, right? Um, I, I already knew that we do Detroit. I knew that there was a Detroit two and a Hangshaw two from our yeah. discussions outside the podcast. You're put in a situation where you have a choice to either basically um, try to save her, or you can sacrifice her and uh, you know get away from lots of bad guys. Okay, decision made. She's being saved. Like, I, I'm going to want to save the best character. Well, even if you want to save her, it doesn't mean that you actually will. It's it's actually pretty challenging, especially if you haven't been playing it as a shooter, because you... Well, huh. okay, if you're not Brett and you can't stealth your way through it fast enough to, to save her, you kind of have to shoot people. And it... I... Have always I've never been able to do it. In, um, my first try, I always have to reload once or twice because you have to like figure out where everyone is first of all, so you know where to go to take them out, and then you have to do it fast enough because if you don't, if she takes too much damage, the you know she's dead. So would uh, so I, I probably won't be able to use Typhoon for this segment because it would affect her too. Right? No, 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 you can. Oh yeah, you okay. would be able to. All right, but um. I, I don't know. Even if it means I have to go down to tell me a story difficulty, <laughs> I, 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 I want, I'm going to want to save her. She's yeah. my favorite. She's my favorite uh, NPC. So I would, See? I would be bummed out if she died. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. I really liked her, and I. Right. Yeah. I think it's so adorable. She obviously has a crush on Jensen. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, totally does. Come on. To the point that I actually thought that there was, even, like, a romance option in the game. Yeah, I don't even think I'm speculating. This It's just, it's right there. A missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Is is she going to be in Human Revolution? Or, I'm sorry, in, uh, in she, second one? I can yeah, guarantee Kansas? you that she's in Human Revolution. Okay, oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay. From first-hand the- experience. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. I, I got an early, so, late so build of the game. Um, do you think she'll be in the second game if she, uh, if you have her survive this playthrough? Because I'm, I'm assuming you could transfer data somehow. Uh, I want to say, I think I remember reading that she isn't going to be in it because it's dependent on what you do in this game. Well, um, I'm canceling my pre-order. I mean, I hope that she still shows up. I just wouldn't expect her to be in any sort of major role in the game because they would have to account for players who either intentionally let her die or couldn't save her in time and yeah. you know, it wouldn't well, work to have a major character be or like or she's not actually dead they make her into a you and then you guys are the same but they can't late. they can't do that they if she her, oh if she well, dies you see her body later on she's totally dead uh, okay all right so. I'll try. I always there's no Lazarus pits in the uh, Deus Ex universe. I think no. if brain death occurs, no, no amount of augmentations can save you. I, right. I'm not sure they ever say that, but I would assume that's the point at which it's a no go. I always find that uh, interesting when you move into a sequel with a game that has lots of options. 
Um, because obviously there was a canon ending that the developers most likely wanted. And they, but they, like, for example, if, if Malix, I'm not going to use her first name now. Um, if they wanted her to be alive and that's the actual canon uh, ending, they're kind of locked. Either they, they, they can't include her at all or they're going to go through and be like, we're going to include her and make her main character, but we're going to piss off half our audience that chose not to have her alive. And you so, know, there's, um, there's a pretty good precedent for that. In uh, the infamous trilogy of games, uh, it, they they left it ambiguous enough for so that uh, both good and evil playthroughs could carry for the from the first to the second game. Right. But um, because Infamous Two had wildly different world states for the good ending and evil ending, they basically had to pick one for uh, for what would be the canon for going into Infamous Three, or Infamous Second Son. And they ended up picking the good ending because they examined trophy data yeah. and found out that something like 98% of players that finished did the good ending <laughs> and only like and only like 40% of players got the bad ending because obviously some people did both and, and via trophy and achievement data. Right. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I guess they're going the option of keeping it ambiguous enough so that major changes – but um, that happened by the end of Human Revolution won't affect Mankind Divided. But there, there is a precedent for the developers just picking a certain way instead of transferring data. Yeah. I forget I, I, what they've said about that because there, there are choices at the end of this game, and I, right, I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm spoiling things. It's the choice is probably do you side with more humans or side with the Pro augment side is what I'm assuming. It's but it's a fairly eh, it, it's a little a little more complicated than that. At least it's it's well it's just like it's kind of silly and we'll talk about it more I think when you actually get to it. I mean oh yeah it was, definitely it's nice to have but what is this, this thing of the, with developers not being able to create like end game choice uh, outcomes that actually. You know, are depending on what you do throughout the entire game, as opposed to the last section or the last dungeon or whatever. Uh, anyway, that's that's probably a conversation for our next episode when we actually have beaten the game and can talk about. But but I I forget. I'm not sure how they've stated they're going to deal with that going into Mankind Divide. Um, they may very well have to pick one of the. They obviously, well, yeah, Jensen's alive, so they have to, yeah. So, from the Deus Ex wiki, due to her optional status post-Human Revolution, Balak may not appear in Mankind Divide, or might be mentioned in Passing Only. Oh. Okay. Uh, passing Only, damn it. So, alright, obviously, uh, Deus Ex 3 has to be Malak Revolution. That's just all about her. <laughs> And she has Return to of the Malak? Yeah, she she has to just... is an awesome character. I would not yeah. object she to playing a game as a rescue Prince Jensen. So I'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that the three of us that played it rescued her. I did. Uh, I Brett. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So the Which... pressure's on, Mike. You have to do it then. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, I, I will definitely give you an update on that and on any more boss battles that I suffer through. Uh, for the next playthrough. And also, I, I should reiterate, I'm the only one of the four of us that's playing the OG version and not the director's cut. So, yeah, I'm I am gonna really love... struggling. 
You're gonna love the uh, Federer robot, or not love? You're gonna hate it because uh, oh, oh, it is it sucks. I I can't just typhoon my way through it. Actually, no, you can. The question is, <laughs> all right, sounds you dope. You have to make sure that she's there when you do it. So right. <laughs> oh can, oh no! Can she teleport or fly or something? I'm so no. excited for all the rage that's going to come yeah, through. I know. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm dreading this so hard right now. That was, like, the main reason I was excited for the podcast. I just wanted Mike <laughs> to basically just get out and be like, F this whole game. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still a chance that happens in, the thir- in episode three. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was I pr- First I procrastinated, and then I got really sick the past week, so I didn't, you know, I didn't get to play as much of Deus Ex as I wanted to. So, all right, I will give you the full... Um, the suffering of Solosi <laughs> update. So, obviously Mike didn't play it. Why don't we, without going too much into it, because we'll talk about it more on the next podcast, uh, how did everybody find that fight? It was, is this the Montreal fight or, late, or later? This is the Montreal fight. Okay. That was another interesting um, to look at that fight versus the the original, because again, they added a whole other space for you to go up and, and do stuff with. And in fact, if you didn't want to uh, directly confront her using your weapons, you pretty much had to go up there and do things. And right. Wait, is, nice. this crazy ro- is this the crazy robot lady who looks like she's eight and a half feet tall? Yes. And, and she's like, she has like weird blade legs like the gazelle girl in Kingsman. I think. Maybe I'm imagining, I'm imagining those. But yeah, like the, the the crazy Russian lady that's like nine feet tall. She is Russian. Okay. And she has an augmented height of six seven. Oh, all right, nine feet. Got it. Six seven's nine feet. Also super interesting. <laughs> she never speaks in the game, but she has a voice actor that is credited for portraying her. Yeah. It's implied that she is a mute. Hmm. Yes, it's no, very she interesting. Just makes in battle noises. That's it. Well, okay. it also makes the fight itself kind of creepy because, like, Barrett was super talkative, especially yeah, if you hide from him. He just, like, co- yeah. And then she's just super quiet, and the way in which you have to flush her out and fight her it was, was kind of, it was cool. I mean, it was creepy cool, but still. So because the literally... guards, when you, when you proceed through, the guards will mention her. Like, if you're, of course, in stealth you'll overhear conversations where they're talking about, I hope he doesn't see her. You know, she might be out for blood and saying a bunch of other things like that. Another super interesting trivia fact. Originally, you're supposed to fight Fedorova when you return to Detroit. Oh, I guess they moved around the bus fight. Yeah, they moved it forward. I think because of what they're implying that would have happened. They're saying they're supposed to be in a group of riders and they would have, like, killed a bunch of them. I'm guessing they moved away from that just because of mm. it being a touchy subject sometimes. But, oh, so, everybody, how did the fight go for everybody else? Um, I actually, I fought her twice because I had my uh, comments on and I wanted to see the ending cutscene with the commentary and then without. So, the first time I used uh, poison gas to, to kill her. And um, the second time, and this was, this was interesting because like with the Barrett fight, 
you can do hacking and you're by and large, I didn't feel super stressed because I either was hidden where he couldn't see me or he was on the opposite end of the map and wasn't trying to, you know, run fresh up to me. So I didn't feel a lot of pressure hacking. I felt a ton of pressure doing the hacking for this fight. Like you have to hack to open a door. And then if you want to use the, um, the turrets that are upstairs, you have to hack again. And that was amazing. I, I was kind of sweating because I was always trying to figure out, okay, is she on to me? Where is she? Am I about to die? So that was, that was pretty cool. One, I guess, small complaint is kind of the secret to winning it is you have to stun her again, which I'm kind of disappointed that they use the same mechanic for both boss battles thus far. What do you mean when you say they, you have to stun her? Like, you can do the whole, like, you shoot that thing and it shoots out lightning and stuns her. Oh, stun right. Then. Yeah. It's just more so, obviously it's a different, it's a very slightly technically mechanic, but at the end of the day, you're supposed to stun her and then shoot her, which is the exact same thing we did for Barrett's fight. See, again, that was not my experience because I didn't take either of them head on. Uh, right. Which, I, me I remember that, though, from the original game where you had to use the, the, elect the power panels to uh, to get her in order to actually be able to shoot her. So. Which is... That's my favorite thing hearing is like you guys obviously are doing it much different routes than I am. I'm, I'm basically going head on with the people, so I have to either shoot them really quickly and kill them, or I have to like do the stun methods. And maybe that's for my own detriment that I'm doing that. But it's nice to hear that there's other ways. There's it sounds like better ways, more interesting well, ways. Brett, how did you handle her? Well, with the with the boss fights, you know, of course, whenever I was. Well, when I thought I was doing pacifist, well, I'll talk about that later. Um, <clears throat> but the boss battles, I uh, with the way that it was configured, it kind of seemed like this was a you have to fight to the death. So um, I've actually I actually have a fully upgraded combat rifle that um, I use in those instances. So um, with that fight, there was a lot of that. I had EMP grenades and. Um, with the, I had the auto hack tools because I was I didn't want to be exposed, so I would use auto hack, let that run, and then I would have my rifle out, and then that's when I was able to exploit the door, get up, use the turrets. Uh, the first time that I was doing the gas, I'm like, does the gas do the bottom room? Yeah. And I was low on health, and then I, I I either did one of the gases or like she shot something. This something happened, the gas went off and killed me. So I was like, okay, that's not gonna work. So the second time around, I did the turrets and my combat rifle, <clears throat> and I saw where she was coming up the side, and then we we cooperatively wasted her. And none of these options will be available to me since I'm playing the regular version. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have, have to fight her like I did. Suffer through with the way the original. Yeah, fight her just by you know, firing all my guns at her while not dashing and just strutting around. <laughs> I didn't find it terrible if it makes you feel better. Uh, you should be able to find EMP grenades or EMP mines in uh, some of the containers that surround the perimeter. Yeah, that, that might help. But, I mean, I have difficulty just pressing simple buttons for grenades, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Just holster your gun, that way you can throw your EMP grenade. 
Right. Okay. I'll just holster my gun over and over while equipping EMP <laughs> grenades. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. I can figure that out. Perfect. And, well, and the, the typhoon um, strategy does. Yeah, you've got your typhoon. As long as long as you know that she's next to you, you can yeah, and it will take care of her in pretty short order. So the F two button is the F U button. Definitely the title of the episode. I think Shigeru Miyamoto <laughs> said that as well. Mm, yep, that's, that's classic Shiggy. Do you, do you want me to give you the long version of the quote? Or are we going to stick <laughs> with the short? No, it's alright. No, um, give us the untranslated version from Japanese, actually. That, that's that's what the, the viewership wants. I could say it, but it come across as super racist, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's alright, just, you know, F-I-R-I-D-A-H is pronounced Faraday. Yeah, it sounds right to me. Marita. Um, so I I'm sticking with I am super excited to hear what you think of that, Mike. So yeah, had to keep us posted. Um, but like, Brett kind of implied about it. Um, why don't you go and explain your whole issue? I guess is the best word to ex- uh, explain it with uh, pacifism. Right. Yeah, I, I I did read your message about this on our on our page. It still hurts. It still stings. It's it's hard to talk about. Um, so I didn't realize that <clears throat> as I was painstakingly going through my pacifist run, as in reloading saves, as I explored very particular avenues of trying to proceed. I didn't realize that if you kill the soldiers in the very beginning on the raid in the uh, in the uh, Seraph Labs that voids your pacifist run I was under the impression hey this is a tutorial and you don't get an option of being doing lethal or non-lethal until you do the you know the first mission as you're like actually engaging fully in the game with your options and everything else i i figured that's the time this is when it starts but apparently no pacifist means you don't kill anyone at the beginning either so while i was terribly disappointed i also had this weight lifted off of me where i was like oh wait so i guess i can go and kill people now because (laughs) it doesn't matter and um while I still am mostly doing uh, non-lethal only because that's just what I've already adapted to and you net more XP from it. Uh, there have been plenty of instances where I was like, nah, screw this. We'll go ahead and we'll go lethal um, or for some of these other instances. Good. Come to the dark side. Murder everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm in the gray zone right now. It's so much more fun on the dark side. Okay, dark Search Josh. your feelings, Brett. <laughs> Search your feelings, Brett. You know it to be true. Give in to the genocide. In the head, you can shoot them. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um... I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it makes sense. Because it wouldn't be a pacifist run if you killed anyone, really. Although, of course, with the original... Uh, version of the game, you, you don't have a choice. You have to kill the bosses. And, and uh, well, okay, I'll, 
roll that back. You're still technically killing the bosses even in this version, even if you're not shooting them. So I don't know where that logic goes. But it seems like it would be really hard to do that at the beginning because you don't have any augmentations. You can't cloak and just run around them. And uh, you also, I don't think, can just uh, combo them like you can once you're through that section. Like, I tried. I snuck up behind people thinking, oh, I'm just going to be able to hit circle and knock them out. And I never got the prompt and actually got spotted and shot at because I was trying oh. to combo yeah, them. You can't, you can't knock out you, you, when you you're can't not always... Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I, so I, it's I, like you literally probably have to just run through or stealth through and not be seen, and you cannot knock anyone out. And it just seems kind of like, well, okay. It also kind of defeats the purpose because these are people who are attacking your laboratory, and you're just going to try and run through them and not take them out because that really makes whole... you a good security chief. Right, as I was say, your whole job is to stop this attack. Yeah. Uh. But no, yeah, Brett, I, I feel your pain on that because it, it certainly seems like they're trying to tell you to shoot people. In fact, they give you tutorials about how to shoot people. And yep. then you find out later, oh, crap, now my entire run is, I can't get that achievement, so. Let me, let me give you a good, a good example of this. Part of uh, the reason why I had to keep restarting the, uh, the beginning of the mission where you had to help Farida is because... Um, I did get through, you know, whenever I realized that, oh, wait, you can do this. Like, whenever I got through my, the, the, the second time around, I survived, but I didn't realize that whenever I disabled the, uh, when I disabled the mech, he self-destructed and he killed two of the people next to him. <laughs> so I had to oh. go, I had to stun the mech. I had to trank or knock out the soldiers pick up their bodies, throw them, so that way whenever I did disable the mech, it exploded and nobody blew up with it. <laughs> that's that's BS. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how stupid. hardcore I was with this. So, whenever I found out that pacifist doesn't matter anymore because I killed those two guards, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? That, that's one of those where you almost just like you go up to your system, you press eject, and you just snap the disc in half. <laughs> and just drop it, the, like digital, wipe your hands and just drive. walk away. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. It was bad. But like I said, it, I, I, the, the pressure of that had lifted off of me after because I was like, okay, well, now there are instances where if I feel like killing is just the, the better option, I'll go ahead and I can opt for that now without worrying about passives. Yeah, and, and we give we're giving Mike crap for all of his issues, but I I think the way he's playing the game is the perfect way to do it. Right. It, if you're seeking enjoyment, I understand if like you've played it a bunch and you you're like you're seeking this out, do your crazy like full pacifist. But to fully enjoy the game, you you, you toy with the systems, you you try different things, kind of like test out the boundaries. But once kind of like things go wrong. You gotta move on, so you just blow through them. Um, I also like the, kind of the stories that come out of it that way. Like I, I don't know, like I always feel like whatever experience I'm having in a game when I have to restart it multiple times, it's kind of just destroyed. You're you're fully tearing down that fourth wall at that point. So good job, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, so I'm going to count that as a complaint, so I'm going to move into my major complaint. I already talked about the aiming, <laughs> but the inventory system pisses me off. I, I actually oh, have like that. You're playing inventory Tetris like it's, you know, <sighs> Resident Evil or Diablo 2 right. or something. Right, you can't sort it. Why in the name of everything is there yeah. no option to sort this? Especially when it auto-sorts, if you have enough room, sometimes it'll auto-sort or at least rotate right. the bag. If I pick up a large item like a sniper rifle but that I have enough of enough room for but the geometry isn't perfect, it'll auto-sort for me then. Why can't I just click a button in a menu to auto-sort it? It's insane. Exactly. And I, I always thought encumbrance was my number one hatred when it came to inventory systems. I realized that the Tetris system is 100 times worse. Well, it, just, it, it doesn't make sense. Why are you? Why do you need to sort in the inventory? Are you going in there a lot? Because you don't have to for almost everything. Sheer compulsion. Because I basically only use a pistol, but I carry around a sniper rifle, a combat rifle, yes, a that's, revolver, I, I and also an RPG, I think. That's I why... gave up on that, and now I only carry three small weapons then. That's why you use the, the quick equip menu, which I don't know what it is on PC, but it's holding the triangle button on PS3. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. You're like, I have, that actually, that system actually works out very well. It's the issue that I go around and collect everything then. <laughs> you can't, there is no way that you can, I don't think there's any way that you can have every weapon in your inventory. Especially, well, maybe if you yeah. didn't have any other equipment or ammo for those weapons, but even then, there's no way. There's just too much. You have to pick and choose what you want and what you're going to use. So. And here's the th and this, this is where it's always like, I've made Jensen super strong. He walks around and just casually picks up like these ton heavy things. Why can't he carry an extra round of bullets? <laughs> right. Well, let's get this guy a backpack. You know, like. I, I, I feel like, yeah, there should have been another, not even just one row, I think several rows of inventory space. just to... No, there shouldn't be rows. Screw that. I don't want to see little squares. If there's squares in my inventory system when it comes to Mankind Divide, I will lose my mind. <laughs> well, the point is, like, if, uh, to be realistic, <clears throat> if, if Jensen is actually carrying... A, a rocket launcher, a combat rifle, a revolver, a machine pistol, a sniper rifle, then he should literally be holding all of these things. But no, in, instead he has, of course, it, which, Mike, RPG, he has this mystic bag where all of his items are in another dimension and he can just <laughs> pull them out at random. Yep. Well, then it should be infinite. It should be infinite. Yeah. He should have the portal portal pocket og, two praxis points. <laughs> yeah, the you know the good old Bugs Bunny drawing a giant anvil out from behind his tail or something. It, it, right. It just, well, logic free hammer space is what I want. I th I think that well okay I if I were going to guess their motivation for it it was probably this is a game again where you have to make choices you're choosing. What you say in conversations, you're choosing what your play style is, what augmentations you're picking. So they're probably thinking, well, you're going to have to make choices too about what equipment to use because you can't, we don't want you to have, you know, unlimited space. Otherwise, 
everyone. I mean, if you had unlimited space, I think everyone would pick up every gun they have, even if they never use them. But it should, you know, you should have to choose because it should also be a part of your play style and it fits in with the style of the game. But having said that, yeah, it can be kind of frustrating. Even I don't feel like it's enough space, um, even when you have it fully upgraded. I have tons of, you know, ammo for my guns that I do use, and I don't pick up some guns that I don't, like, I, I'm not, I know I'm not going to use the shotgun very much because that's right. not really useful or conducive in my yeah. play style. Um, but even though... It works, even, it works for us because we have trank rifle, stun gun, um, peps, if you wanted, which it's, it wasn't really working with my play style because peps is not stealth, um, but it is a non-lethal gun. It's fun to uh, use, though. It's fun, though, yeah. I'm definitely going to use pips when I do a playthrough where I'm not worried about doing the stealth you know, aspect of it. Yeah, and yeah, back to the inventory stuff. I think I mentioned in the first episode that I invested heavily in inventory space and hacking at the beginning because it's totally a mental thing. I really don't like having things shut away from me in these games. Like, if I, if I see a treasure chest or a locked door, I want to be able to open that treasure chest or door. So I found it very frustrating that I, my inventory kept filling up, and I kept finding terminals that I couldn't hack yet, so I just kept investing in those augments to, you know, facilitate me being able to carry more things and hack through more things. And it kind of bit me in the ass a little bit in, with the Barrett boss fight when I was totally unprepared to fight him. Even though I did eventually win after like two nights, nothing but that boss battle. But uh, yeah, um, I I appreciate. I, I don't mind there being a limit on inventory space and having to invest uh, experience into increasing it. But it you know it forces you to play a certain way that maybe you don't want to play. And I, it's not like I'm playing Torchlight and I can send all my items back home with my dog <laughs> in, in the middle Robot of a dungeon. Dog. That's what Deus Ex Mankind Divided needs. Robot dog. Uh, no. Game of the no. year. No. Robot Game Velociraptor. Of... Game of the decade what? ahead of Trails in the Sky. Malik, can you swing by and, and sell some of this stuff for me? They made Malik into a Velociraptor. No, what? Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> like you open a window and you throw out your equipment and she picks it up in the in the jet and then flies That's off. not... Or maybe the jet turns into a velociraptor, and she jumps into the dungeon and takes your items and goes and sells them from the what? jet velociraptor. I like what? this. ASX Transformers crossover. This sounds like a wonderful game. You can you can rescue prostitutes, have Malik pick them up, and send them back to the. Oh, okay. Detroit maybe to make to money. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So you can be in. You can be in. A, I guess an augmented pimp in Mankind Divided. Uh, sounds like a pretty good game. Okay. Sounds like a normal Wednesday. Maybe I should buy a PS4. <laughs> sorry, no. Caitlin. No. I'm so sorry. Deus Ex Pimp and Revolution. No. <laughs> yeah. Now this that's an RPG. This, this isn't. I never RPGs. Can someone please get Adam Jensen and now put him in a in a in a pink like pimp hat with a fur coat please someone do that for us turning it into saints row five right <laughs> oh, oh man oh. well how did it get back to this it's my fault that's that's all your fault yeah because you're because because you didn't finish Montreal. yeah uh i guess i earned this execution this time
No, I don't. I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. Stop. Yeah, she only does that to me. Okay. And I mean it in a loving way. I never mean it like you know seriously. Uh. Anyways. So yeah, I I gotta go fight Russian mute robot lady and try and save Malik, and I have about a week. Yeah. Yeah. We believe in you, we do. Oh, and, um, you know, uh, maybe sure also I'd... save the world, too, so yeah, there's that. Yeah. If you have time. Yeah. <laughs> the most important uh, thing oh, is yeah. to save Malik. The rest of I the world I was say, Malik seems so much more important. Right, Malik yeah. is my world. Uh, most important is Malik, then Seraph Industries, then the world. Mm. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means. <clears throat> Well, speaking of, I guess, of Seraph, um, I don't know if we want to, because, again, this would might be spoiling Mike a little bit, but uh, how are we no, that's feeling? That's fine, I figured, he, I figured out he was... Well, how are we feeling it, about, like, the, the, the turn the story has taken in in this chunk so far? Like, we're, we're, I'm liking we're, it. We're learning more things, there's there's some light being shed, but also a lot of questions and, and trust issues coming up, I think, so, and... I don't know. We haven't gotten to the really juicy part yet, but uh, I, I I I really like how you sort of you learn more about Seraph and you start having questions and you're not quite sure that you know you can trust him, even by this point in the game. I like Seraph in in a lot of different ways. Um, I like the the douchey edge that there is to him. I like how he's he's almost like a bro in a sense because of how his his conversations go. Like he he doesn't have the sense of eloquence that you would typically expect someone in his position to have. But I'm glad that he doesn't um, because it almost seems like he's approachable. But then there's just again that business edge to him that would be a a, a personal turn off. Like I, I like how there's a bit of a complication to his character, but I'm I'm also liking how it's it's kind of things are it just seems to come back to Sarah. It's like something happens. Well, Sarah's kind of has a, either hand in or he kind of knows about it, and Jensen keeps having to pressure him. So um, I'm interested in in how we're, we're what we're gonna see after this point. You know, like what what's gonna finally be. The, the nail in the coffin whenever it comes to, to Jensen and Sarah's relationship because the way things are going it's clear that it's not going to remain this way yeah I think that's perfect explanation yeah I think I love the cutscene Mike you haven't seen it yet but it's a good cutscene <laughs> when you when you get back to Detroit after your world tour and again I was listening to the commentary, and I hadn't picked up on this, I really think, the first time I played, but they're totally right. They did visual cues to sort of show you, because of some of the things Jensen has learned, he doesn't, he's not sure, he, he, it's not the same relationship for him with Seraph anymore. He's like suspicious of Seraph now. Yeah. And I, just, I like how they kind of complicated that relationship, because they could have just kept him as, you know, your boss, and he's in the right, and you're working for him, and you, you're going to right the wrongs. But it's interesting how they build up all these threads and have you questioning 
people and not sure who's telling the truth and what is actually going on because you you kind of are unraveling a mystery throughout the entire game. Right. And I, I we we mentioned this at the beginning of the last podcast, I believe, where how just the storytelling of how the, the kind of cut shots with kind of smart dialogue at the beginning they, there was so much implications of like you used to date this person. I don't I don't remember her name. I, I think Megan. Yeah, okay. Um, but they do, I actually think the storytelling in the game is actually kind of smart. I, I think they do a good job with that. Um, and they they lead out information in nice chunks that is always satisfying. And right now we have way too many questions still. We have so many more questions than we have answers. But you can definitely see what you're building up to something. It, it, it's getting exciting. Right. Uh, and... I think a lot of games screw that whole process up. And thus far, I've been pretty happy with how Deus Ex has been moving along I think, with everything. I think one of my biggest things that I, that I have enjoyed is that the progression of the story, kind of where from where Jensen is, if Megan wasn't a factor, Jensen probably would have just cashed out like a long time ago. Like I know he has the whole um, complication with his augmentations, being supplied by Sarah, but kind of from a standpoint of of what he's having to do in the name of that company, like it, he it, he probably would have kind of come to a point where he's like, look, I, I really don't want to deal with this anymore. So it's it's kind of interesting. It's like he's he's doing this under the guise of you know he's he's trying to help the company or he's just trying to help Sarah. Um, but really, there he's got more of a personal investment into it. And I, I thought that, that I think that's kind of neat. That's not that's not completely apparent, but you kind of as you as you progress and you listen to how Adam is interacting with these other characters, um, especially like um, Tong or um, or other people, the hacker that he eventually catches up with. You know, his big thing is where are the scientists, and of course, what that really means is where is Megan. Megan. Which, speaking of that, I mean, what did you guys think about the that particular twist that they didn't, they weren't actually killed; they are, they were kidnapped. That's what I said from the beginning. You guys corrected me last time. Uh, because I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah, the assumption at the beginning is that they all died. No, it's not. I, I'm sticking with that. The assumption at the beginning is that they were being held. No, no, this. The well, the assumption was for me that they were okay. being held. You you felt like they were probably still alive, and that that was in my head as well. But no, as far as the progression and with the because you know, like if you're reading the emails or if you're kind of going through and following the the lines of communication that are kind of in the in the background, then you know, no, you you the, the, you have the funeral, you have the communications about you know Megan, you have other things, and then you have the mission where you help her mom. So when you, you go through, it's like he's cope because he's you know it's six months and he comes back. He's coping with that loss and coping with his changes. So as far as the, the how the story's progressing, if if anything, they want the player to believe that she's dead. Yeah. I yeah, buy. but I mean, I I I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say I know she's alive or I know she's dead. But I mean, we're playing a video game. These games thrive on strange twists and withholding secrets like this. It would not surprise me 
if Megan or the other scientists were still alive. But I, I, right now, we have to be under the impression that she's dead. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, whatever, if she ended up being, you know, just you know she's locked alive, away, chained, chained to his... He doesn't, locked yeah. Away. I does. don't, what? Oh, do I you? Do? do you? I don't think he does yet. Don't I... you know what the end of Tai Young Medical? Did, you, did the dragon lady say that? I don't no, so uh, look this up again. Good job, yeah, Mike. yeah, because that's before, yeah, because uh, Montreal happens after your meeting with her, and actually, that's also a point. One of my favorite uh, pieces of dialogue <clears throat> I try to keep up with in my mind is when she goes into the panic room and David comes over the intercom. He's like, "Adam, what happened?" No, it's like, what? But it's in Taiyang Medical where you see. <laughs> The, the recording that Van Bruggen left that has Namir and Zayungru talking about their their GPL implants. And it's after that that he's like, Boss, they're alive! You know before you finish Taiyang Medical that they were not killed at, at the incident six months ago at Seraph Industries. I guess I, I didn't go through those... Uh those personal secretaries and emails enough. No, it's a, it's a main that's objective. Main story. Oh, that's, it is? that's why you go in there. Remember Van Bruggen says, oh, I have this recording that I, that I left so I can, you know, blackmail uh, Dragon Lady. Uh, all right, well, I, I guess I did that segment several days ago, late at night, and then I was very sick for three yeah. days. Wait. I... I... Okay, then I, 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 I feel remember, bad because I'm kind of like I basically remember rem, I'll have I'll have to read something because I, I just remember that I was going on the on the plane to Montreal and that was a bit and that was it. Uh, hmm. Yeah, okay, maybe the, I'll just the, replay that segment. Like the whole point of you going to Montreal, well, because that young room mentions Eliza, but also because he wants to see if Eliza knows where they are. So oh, okay. But right, okay, bad. sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I was like, I'm pretty certain that we all know that they're alive by now because if you're at Montreal, you should already know that. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it because I I assumed that they weren't really part of the story throughout uh throughout Hongsha. So just it's like mm -hmm -hmm. talk talk to more prostitutes. Mm -hmm -hmm. Go to Taiyang <laughs> Medical, whatever. Back to RPG. Yep. But I like how he was saying the because David comes over the intercom. Um, even though I'm completely in the in the wrong part of the, the, the plot, apparently. But he was like, boss, she locked herself up in a panic room. And David's like, well, yeah, Adam, I've got one, too. I don't know why, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, are we, like, are well, we yeah, near the end of... got a panic room. It's like you expect Sarah to say, well, tough, find a way to break into it. You know, I gave you all those augmentations. Do something. Are we near the end of the episode yet? <laughs> yeah. I think okay. so. We're done. That's a wrap. Um, Just on that. So, as always, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Please get on the boards. Um, please send us emails at retro at rpgfan.com. Um, go out there on whatever podcasting service you have to hear this on. Um, comment and review. That helps out tremendously, especially on iTunes. That makes a huge difference how many people get to see and experience this podcast um so yeah like i said that's gonna do it for this episode of retro encounter back next time
to wrap up everything with Deus Ex and oh I guess it's kind of important as well um as always for the second episode we announce at the end what we're gonna be doing for next month oh right I forgot all about Yay! this yeah I'm really happy I remember this um so December's going to be a slightly different month than normal um but we're gonna be covering Parasite Eve yeah cue applause um it is only Ooh, I actually, I actually got an applause. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm an editor, man. <laughs> but right it's actually only going to be two episodes, so we're gonna. It's a little bit shorter game, so we're gonna be able to cover everything in two episodes. And for the third episode of that month, it is actually episode 25 for Retro Encounter. So we're gonna have a special kind of smorgasbord extravaganza. Um, we'll get a bunch of people on, we'll do kind of a party year-end wrap-up, talk about favorites and best-ofs and all sorts of jazz. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and so yeah, that, that will be December, but yeah, so get out there, maybe during one of these Black Friday sales, you can, if you don't already have Parasite Eve, you can get it on the cheap. Um, yeah, that will do it. Uh, I think you can play the PS1 version on a PSP or Vita or yeah. PS3. Yes, for you like, can. It's, for, it's either like 6 bucks or 10 bucks. Actually, since I've known that we were going to do this for a while, I was able to pick it up a while ago for like a buck or two. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was probably really like 75% nice. off. And it's yeah, like, one of those crazy sales. Sure. So I, I, I'm guessing you, if you're looking hard enough, you'll be able to find something on Black Friday that you could probably do the same. It's a good And also, I mean, heavy. I've... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not on the episode next month, but I have played Parasite Eve. That game is weird and creepy and stylish and really yeah, awesome. And it's it's worth playing. I, I'm not going to say the entire Chrysler building is worth it, but the, that, <laughs> the, the main story of that game is just really good. Yes. Play it. I'm really excited because I've never played it before, so... Ooh. Be, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be nice and fun. But yeah, that will do it for us at retro encounter we'll see you guys next time